Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rowan County, Tennessee, and ever-so-happy to be coming to you live. We've already got folks hanging out with us in the chat room. We've got Bigfoot Blogger Extraordinaire. Don't take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. That's bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. We've got the crazy Cajun hanging out in the chat room as well. Uh, he is, of course, a producer extraordinaire and uh, glad to have him hanging out with us again we've got chief host of a great show called simple facts of life who will be joining us tonight in the second hour and i've got on the line right now a great american patriot a man who is on the front lines for fighting for liberty and saving the republic and very proud to say he's also my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience that can be heard on Mojovivo.com. Welcome once again, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, thank you so much as always for joining me on Wednesday. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, great introduction, by the way. Uh, glad to be here, though. All right. Now, I'm torn again, Ron, because 
I've been saying for a while we need to go back and we need to have that reminder conversation. Talk about the seven pillars of society as something that you're dedicated to, something that I think most conservatives, especially those that pick up a sword uh, figuratively, whether it be a pen or a microphone or a a video camera for YouTube or wherever, uh, in the name of fighting for conservatism and the republic – Something that whether you realize it or not, you're fighting for. But news stuff, breaking news just keeps getting in the way, and there's always these things I want to talk about and want to talk about, want to get your input. But if we don't go ahead and do it, sir, I'm afraid we're never going to get a chance, at least not in the near future. So would you – I'm going to leave it up to you, sir. Do you want to this week address the seven pillars of society and focus on that during our conversation this hour, or do you want to breach – some of the insanity that we have ongoing. I, I, I'm okay either way. I'm going to leave it up to you as my guest, sir. Well, I'd like to spend more time on it next week, possibly. Uh, you know, we all know what these seven pillars are: family, education, arts, uh, entertainment, government, economics, and religion and uh, education. I, I mentioned education, but. Uh, those are the seven pillars that are very important to our society. And once we allow the family and all the other six pillars to, to crumble and go away, uh, it's all over. I mean, a lot of people might say, well, what do you mean by arts? Well, arts are very, very influential, as is entertainment. Look at how much entertainment that we use in this country or utilize from – from infancy, or well, I'll say from toddler uh, to adults, I mean to, um, I don't know, senior citizens. Education, we all know how important that is. Family, government, and yeah, we can next week uh, get into more of this because uh, each one, each pillar is so important unto itself. And we can talk about how the government in its present form is uh, – Destroying all of them, literally destroying them, or in some in some cases, like with the arts, opening the door so that others can destroy them, and thus destroy the people. So, yeah, why don't we give it a go next week? All right. I mean, uh, the point you make, though, sir, is honestly, we could spend an entire hour talking about a single pillar, uh, yeah. and. It's certainly worthwhile, and that and that's why I want to go back and do it because I do think it's important for people to be refreshed with everything that's ongoing and why these things are important and to kind of look back and see how they're being attacked. And so that's what we'll do, presuming that the world does not burn down between now and then, <laughs> which is no guarantee. I saw yesterday, and I talked about it on air. In fact, I had planned out my stuff for yesterday's show run, and, and I had all these things, and I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere close to talking about everything that I wanted to, and I still ended up having to just flat out drop my lead in and start talking about the presumed now expected executive order that is on the table involving gun control because nobody in Congress is really going to make that happen. I think we are running the risk of seeing the filibuster be demolished on that topic. The Democrats are bloodthirstily craving 
to disarm the American populace. And the first way that you know this is true is Kamala uh, on the news programs first thing in the morning saying, we're not coming for your guns. That's how you know they're coming for the guns. What say you, sir? Absolutely, because the truth is something that uh, she has totally avoided her entire life, at least after kindergarten. And, uh, yeah, if you hear someone like Kamala or Kamala say that uh, we're not coming for your guns, that means buy more and stock up on your ammo, get uh, lessons for every family member, get in shape because they're going to – in fact, I – oh, shoot, Tim. Uh, I'm trying to find the story that I had to, earlier um, about – uh, it's 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 concerning gun control where they want to – oh, it's Biden. Yeah, Biden said that he's going to the Supreme Court and urging them to rule that the police can come to your house unannounced and bust in and take your guns. Not to arrest you, not that you've committed any crimes, but if it's on record that you own a gun, uh, they want to be able to just pop in and uh, take your guns from you. Wow. Uh, uh, excuse, so, excuse me, Chief Justice, sir. Can you please, uh, can you please uh, determine that the Constitution is unconstitutional so we can do that? Insane. Well, they've, they've, they've done it so far with everything else. Where are they operating according to the Constitution? Uh, excellent point as always, sir. Well, thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> I wish it was a point that I didn't have to make. I wish it was something that we did not have to uh, even joke about to keep from crying. Um, I I really have to battle myself every day to keep from hating these people, literally, to keep from praying for their deaths because they are literally killing our nation. And at the same time, because of the Biden administration policies, which were allowed, um, I won't get into the allowed situation because I could get myself in big trouble but it was allowed to happen, this, this situation with the election and, 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 and what he's doing. Um, just recently, he stopped the actions um, that were saving uh, babies in these underground tunnels and things of that nature. Now, there are veterans who have been going after them and on their own. And guess what? The government has been sending in police officers to arrest these veterans who are only doing one thing, rescuing children who are being uh, enslaved, raped, kept in cages so that when congressional people and others want to come down there and bang them or whatever, this is what they are uh, doing, and yet they're the ones being arrested. This, well, is yeah. what, this is what that guy, and I cannot call him the P word. Well, I could call him one kind of P, but this is a family show. But the the president I can't call him that I just call him the regime guy the the re, the regime stumbler or shuffler uh, as he shuffles about and turns everything over to Kamala who is just as evil as he is in fact a little more evil but her brain is intact and so she's just gung ho and even though she's not a, a real black female I guess she's partially black but like most black females who are right now in government you see a black female in government. Uh, with the exception of, okay, the conservative black females I know mm, that ran for office, none of them got elected. Okay, so if you see a black female that's in government, run the other way because they are 
coming with fangs gaping. Now, on one hand, if you notice, Tim, these leftist black females always talk about one thing, oppression. The white man this, the white man that. We got to get rid of the white man and his authority. But yet, what do they do? They turn around. And like, you ever had a mean dog? Did you ever have a mean dog? Uh, well, actually, I was pretty lucky on that count. Most of my dogs were were pretty nice. Uh, although, okay. no, if, if, not, if, not they challenge, if they challenge yeah. or threaten me, they could get mean then. So I, I do know the idea. But go ahead. Okay. Not mean toward you, but I mean a, a dog that was um, not scared of people and might – you know when you're walking your dog and if he's a strong one, he'll pull ahead. And he, if he's kind of mean, he'll he'll try to lunge and go after squirrels or people or whatever. Well, that's what these black females remind me of. On one hand, they're saying they're being oppressed by the white man, but yet they they voluntarily put on the white man's leash and lunge towards we the people to help destroy our rights and our liberties. They're they're on the leading edge of this. Go to any airport. Go to Congress and see these rabid, these rabid animals called black females, and how they're chomping at the book, at, at the, uh, at the, at the uh, whatever, at the bit, to destroy our liberties. And the reason why I'm pointing them out this harshly is because, on one hand, you have all these black people running around, running around, literally, complaining to high heaven or to hell, which they, you know, they actually represent hell complaining to hell about how oppressed they are. But yet they are on the leading edge, like the white man's attack dogs, to destroy our liberties. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always find it I always find it somewhat amazing how the people who are lecturing us most about oppression tend to have net worths in the millions of dollars and tend to have their hands on the levers of power or are involved in entertainment or athletics. It is amazing to me how oppressed they are. (laughs) But that having been said, uh, I want to pull a Jen Saki for a moment and circle back around. Sure. we were talking specifically about Kamala, uh, as, as I've been informed by a reliable source, is the proper pronunciation, and there's plenty of reasons for me to crack on her, so I'll leave her name alone. I'll say it the way she wants. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody knows exactly who I'm talking about, too, so I want to get the name right when I can. But, she's, but I've heard her say Kamala. Yeah, yeah, I have too, but I've also heard her correct people and say it's Kamala, like a comma. Okay. Like, really? Really? Depending on the day then. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, what, what, whatever allows her to claim she's being oppressed by people who uh, mispronouncing uh, her name, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, but there, uh, there has been this new concerted effort to move her to the forefront. She's been appointed as of today uh, to now head up the issue at the southern border that they're, they're, they're saying is still just a challenge, which I think has went beyond crisis and moved into catastrophe mode. She's going there. There's a memo that's went out uh, that all internal government uh, departments are to refer to the administration as the Biden-Harris administration, which has never really happened before. Uh, I think 
also another stepping stone in preparing us to go ahead and accept the fact that the 25th Amendment is about to be triggered, or they may actually try to impeach him. I think they would go with the 25th Amendment route so they don't have to go through the embarrassment part of an impeachment. They like having him as a front guy. They don't want to nullify anything. What is your take on this new effort to move her to the forefront? Are we about to see within the next few weeks Kamala take over? As long as it's before, I think they might stretch it out for a little while, um, and they, they, but they don't want to go beyond a year and a day. They, as long as they get her in there before a year and a day, she will um, be able to run again for, you know, this term, and then she can run two more times. She'll be able to fill this term and actually run two more times on her own. All right. Ain't, well, that, well, ain't, that, ain't that interesting? It is, and I certainly would understand her motivation on that, but let's face facts, Ron. Uh, she's only <laughs> there because she's a yes person. There's a reason why I call this administration Operation Pee Pads and Knee Pads. She's definitely accustomed to taking orders from on high. She was assigned to this position just like Joe Biden was assigned to be the front for this uber leftist push. There's no question here. I don't know that she has a say in how often she holds that appointment. I think once they feel like they've accomplished their effort to turn us completely into a banana republic through little things like, I don't know, let's say HR1, for example, uh, I, I don't think they're all that concerned. I think you're going to see the real people pulling the strings behind the scenes kind of start coming more to the forefront once they believe they've honestly moved us past the point of no return. Uh, so is is that as much of a factor, you think, or – is this really a case where they want Kamala to continue to be that front person after they remove Joe? Because I think they want to attach as much of this crazy stuff as they can to Biden, but I think they're also running out of time because uh, Joe already thinks Kamala's president. She, he keeps referring to her that way. That's not a slip of the tongue. Uh, they called an early lid to his day a couple of days ago, like at one thirty. Uh, what president is done for the day at one thirty? Uh, I, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to keep up the weekend at Bernie's Act at this point. Uh, so I, I, I'm just curious. Is there mm -hmm. a chance we see that happen much sooner than anyone expected? Well, of course it is. there's a chance because of his, uh, what seems to be declining health, uh, his ability to just put one foot in front of the other. I mean that's becoming more difficult, and it's becoming more difficult to, after 30 seconds, put one a sentence behind the last sentence as he's speaking, uh, and it's definitely becoming more and more difficult to maintain one thought after another in order to continue a conversation. And so what you're seeing, of course, is the possibility of an early, I mean a super early retirement or uh, he may assume atmospheric temperature with a little help. That may happen because uh, they need him out of the way. Uh, he's been a good boy, uh, conservative lackey since 1972 when he was bought out by a communist organization. And uh, because Americans, well, because too many Americans are basically dumb and they brought the, uh, the, bought the lie that he was a moderate because he would say, ah, I'm from Scranton and you know me, I'm Joe. I'm lunch, bucket, lunch pail Joe. I take the train in. And uh, they bought it. 
Yep, 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 yep. Okay, Joe, we'll vote for you. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so uh, he kept this up uh, successfully for many years. And so they rewarded him with a, f- a few months in the White House. So isn't that wonderful? And so Ali Obama and uh, what's her name, Valerie Jarrett and others like that, who are very evil but have very good brains, I believe are running things behind the scenes. But, you know, they don't have to do very much or say very much because Kamala and Joe and all the rest, they agree with all of this. So it's not like they have to teach them how to be socialist pigs. I mean, they're already that, and they're already extreme leftists and hate America, and so they're going to do anything and everything to try to hurt this republic, divide this republic, divide we the people with their class envy, uh, divide us uh, in many issues, uh, and to destroy us from within with the education. I mean, they've already got it going. So, And also to create problems for this nation internationally. Um, for instance... I understand Biden is supposed to be very much not there now, but, hey, he was smart enough to be able to create enough friction between the United States and China and the United States and North Korea that China is now making friends with Kool-Aid, with uh, Putin. And at the same time, even though the other day um, Rocketman said that Trump is his friend and he respects um, Trump, but he has no respect for Biden because Biden is trying to destroy his own country. But despite that, they've gone ahead and they're making nice uh, together China, Xi Jinping and uh, Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un was moving closer to, to Trump behind the scenes quietly. And so they're causing problems or allowing problems to fester in the Middle East. The world was becoming a better place slowly but surely under the Trump regime. And I'm still even asking God, why in the hell was all this allowed to happen other than as an excuse to go ahead and um, wipe the country out or whatever? Because this is the first time in history, biblical or secular, that you had a righteous leader, and when I say righteous leader, I'm talking about his by his actions. He was Trump was doing a better job standing up for biblical values, whether it was family, whether it was um, the pro-life issue, our unalienable right of self-protection. He did all the he was doing all those correct things, mm-hmm. making peace around the world, peace through strength gaining respect for our country, all these kinds of things. And he spoke out strongly for Christian values and for Christians, better than any minister on the earth today. But yet this is the first time in history, if you look at biblical history, where you had a leader, king, president, or whatever, who agreed with God's principles and was fighting energetically for them, and he allowed that 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 guy <clears throat> to be taken out like this. This is the first this is the first time that has never ever happened throughout biblical history. If you had a king doing such matters, no matter what was coming against that nation, that king was allowed to be victorious, and there was always peace because they, they think they think there's a scripture that says when the righteous reign, the people rejoice. Well, we had on principle a righteous leader. And this is the first time in, in, global, in biblical history that one of that ilk 
and that nation was literally allowed to be handed over to those that hate God, hate this this nation and Israel. And for me, it is a total befuddlement. And this is one of those times I wish I was an idiot and did not know history. Yeah, sometimes uh, ignorance truly is bliss, but uh, ignorance is also what's led to this circumstance. So uh, I, I'll take my knowledge and uh, hopefully we can uh, spread a little to some folks that need it. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to watch the last season of the Cardassians and think oh that's awesome God. TV. Don't make me do it. All right, Rod. Let's go ahead and take the uh, mid-hour break, and when we come back, a couple of topics that I want to try to get to. I don't think it'll take that long. I want to talk a little bit about Sydney Powell. Yeah. Uh, she's of course made some headlines, and of course. Uh, the governor of South Dakota has ruffled some feathers. Would love to get your take on that as well. So if you will stay with me and everybody out there, stay where you're at. We'll be right back on the other side of this very brief break. Is the Corona China virus really that big of a deal? Hmm? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, for the first time in global history, governments all over the world bowed to the demands of a tiny little doctor whose last name is Fauci. He and his fellow globalist minions, like Bill Gates, Scarf Lady, Merkel, Boris Johnson, and Israel's Netanyahu, just to name a few, demanded the shutdown of our economies, even great theater districts like New York's Times Square, Piccadilly Circus in London, and Cleveland's Playhouse Square were told the show is over. Schools were closed, etc., but from where I see things, the massive shutdown ended up exposing our republic to more harm in many ways than the Corona China virus itself, especially when you factor in the huge uptick in mental health issues among the young, including depression and suicides, to add insult to injury. The current White House occupier has allowed at least 1,500 illegal border crossers into the United States, knowing they have the China virus, which tells me the lockdowns were unnecessary. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Did you know that the unemployment rate for homeless veterans was twice the national average? And without proper shoes, it's hard to get a job? Here's your Veterans Tip of the Day. People from all over the country helped us with our annual Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Shoes and Socks for Homeless Veterans. There was a time this summer where we believed that probably it wouldn't be successful because of the pandemic, but decided to go ahead and do it anyway. We reached out in the local community and on the various radio shows that I'm on asked for their support. In a little over three weeks, we received 400 pairs of shoes and over a thousand pairs of socks for homeless veterans so they can go out and look for a job and have a decent pair of shoes to wear. We at Songs and Stories for Soldiers and all the 400 plus soldiers who will receive these shoes and socks say thank you for your generosity. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. It's not so unbelievable that governments would want to disarm their citizens, 
but that citizens would beg to be disarmed by their government is a much scarier thought. We've seen government control most recently in Venezuela where citizens are left to defend themselves against a violent government by throwing rocks because not too long ago they were disarmed by that very government under the guise of gun safety. Gun control laws like the ones in Venezuela are exactly what our political left in America would like to see here. As a mother, I am terrified. I have four children in our public school system, and if they knew that their teachers were potentially carrying a gun... They want to be disarmed by our government so badly that they protest in the streets, demanding that government take away their rights. All for that assault weapons ban, to keep these weapons of war out of the hands of civilians who do not need them. All for the prohibition of high-capacity magazines, because no hunter will ever need access to a magazine that can kill 17 in mere minutes. How does this happen? Well, it's complicated, but it starts with very powerful propaganda targeted at people who can't think. People who have been taught to believe that freedom is dangerous. People who can't think for themselves are targeted from many directions, schools, movies, news sources, and even their own friends and family. And once they're on board with the anti-gun fear campaign, they continue to perpetuate the irrational gun fear. Well, they have to justify their position, right? You also yeah. don't need home protection. Um, oh. you, don't, you don't need guns for home protection. You don't want to bring more guns into a situation. The answer to solving violence is not more violence. Gun fear is cultivated purely for the purpose of gun control support. But the people who spread it don't always know that they've been misled. They think they're doing a good thing. These same people are taught to hate gun owners. They're taught that gun owners are recklessly and intentionally putting everyone in danger. They're taught that gun owners are the enemy, and more government control will protect them from the enemy. Why does anybody need an assault rifle if they're not going to war? I don't think there's any reason to have 33 bullets in a killing machine that you can take into a place like a school. Watch these anti-gun activist groups in action, and you can't help but ask yourself if they have any clue what the real results would be if they were successful. So what's the real problem here? Is it really guns, or is this about something else? I mean, do guns cause violence? How do we let the gun grabbers hijack the conversation and direct the focus to firearms when we all know we really should be talking about what causes human violence? You see, if we were to look at what causes human violence in this country, we'd be forced to look at gang violence, open borders, sanctuary cities, rampant pharmaceutical drug use, and gun-free zones all things that the anti-gun political left supports. So to the anti-gunners, why in the world would you want your government to take away your rights? The Second Amendment is not a privilege. It's your right. I'm Dan Watts. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. What in the hell's diversity? Well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. <laughs> All right, so uh, there's our new definition of diversity, uh, and I like it much better than the one we're being spoon-fed. Uh, Ron, before we jump back into things, please let everybody know where they can find your work, sir. Well, you can find a little work at uh, Mojo 5. Uh, 50.com Sunday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time uh, where you can enjoy the Ron Edwards American Experience at 3 p.m. 
Also, you can catch my uh, columns at News with Views, and as well as and they're coming back to America Out Loud once they get things uh, redone at their uh, website over there. Also, you can catch the Edwards Notebook uh, nationwide overnight during the Captain's America Third Watch broadcast, which I'm also a, con- a live contributor of that show, and also in independent stations around the country and on great shows like Tim Taps. And so uh, that's about it, Tim. We're uh, trying to line up right now some um, speaking engagements and things of that nature, so we might have some announcements on that as well. All right. Well, we'll be anxiously awaiting to hear that. In the meanwhile, I teased a a couple of topics before we took the break. So let's jump right in with uh, those topics. Attorney Sidney Powell is seeking to get a federal court to dismiss the $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit. Uh, that was filed against her from the Dominion voting system. Uh, The left has been jumping all over it. The legacy media has taken this as vindication because the defense uh, from Powell's attorneys is that no reasonable person would conclude that the claims that she was making, quote, were truly statements of fact. This has made a lot of people mad on the conservative side, especially Trump supporters. It's made a lot of folks on the left very happy because they're taking it the wrong way. Personally, I think this is a stroke of genius because everybody in the mainstream wants to pretend like this is just some fantasy, and they're trying to play their own game against them. I don't think this is an admission of anything, but, eh, you know, this is just me. Uh, Love to get your take, sir. Well, my sarcastic nature kind of uh, perked up when she said that, or when I read that, and uh, I kind of chuckled, and I said, well, there's got to be a smart reason why she said that, because she's too intelligent to just just, just step in it, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that uh, she, there, there's got to be a strategy for coming out and saying something like that, so I'm willing to uh, let it go and uh, see what happens. Despite the fact that the left and, you know, the left is using it to their advantage and um, they as they usually do. And because of the ignorance of the incurably uh, of of so many Americans, they're able to get away with um, their interpretations on many subjects, including this one. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this is played out, because even some conservatives who have been kind of at odds with me on on the discussion of what happened at the election and they are blindly even they have been for months blindly saying that because the courts refused to take up the hearings and allowed these things to happen well obviously uh it's not true it's just rumor and so um it's just opinion and so therefore she got in trouble and Mike Lindell got in trouble because they should have said, well, based on my opinion, and had they thrown that in there, then they wouldn't be in this trouble now because the left can be as wrong as upside-down rain. But here's the thing. If you accuse the left of doing something wrong because of the crooked nature of our continued of our court system, you have to now even strategize in even telling the truth that you can prove because the court system will say, well, we're not going to hear it. 
we don't have a desire to hear it like the Supreme Court uh, did and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania and elsewhere. They just refuse to see it. So because they refuse to see it, it is nothing but rumor and it can be interpreted purposely as, as false. And therefore, they are in big heap of trouble, according to these conservatives who, who uh, debated with me on, on that very subject. So it's um, it's a real rotten situation, and I, I pray that uh, both she and Mike uh, Lindell can get out of the situation, as I think they're going after Lindell for $60 million. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's lost $60 million in his business already because he was kicked out of uh, stores and, and all that, leftist stores. You really find out who your, 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 your uh, friends are when stuff happens. But um, – it doesn't look good. Um, based upon the way things have been allowed to go so far, um, both she and Lindell better get ready to fork over a lot of money. Well, I, I'm afraid you're probably right as far as that's concerned, but uh, I do think it's an interesting tact. Uh, I, I know a lot of conservatives in particular, uh, uh, conservatives in media, are extremely upset by this because they take this statement as an admission yeah. uh, that she was lying, and in many cases lying directly to them uh, when she made her very bold statements, when she made uh, appearances on a multitude of platforms, uh, everything from the Glenn Beck show all the way to uh, Newsmax uh, programming, uh, literally uh, One American News. She made multiple appearances there as well, you know, and everybody kind of feels betrayed by this statement. Uh, so you can understand the anger if they're taking her at this word. But I love how it's phrased in the documents. It literally says that no reasonable person would conclude that the statements were truly statements of fact. Reasonable people would not accept such statements as fact, but view them only as claims that await testing by the courts through the adversary process. Now, I think that is a legitimate argument given that we have had court cases go all the way to the Supreme Court in recent years that basically state that news organizations aren't required to tell the truth. Uh, So if you put that in context, could this simply be a ploy and her trying to do a workaround? Is there any way you think that that might work? If there are any reasonable individuals that this that that has to do with the process what you just read and you know what i've read the same thing um you and i get it and we understand strategy and all of that but most people like you said even on one american news i i've watched them complain newsmax and elsewhere um and i'm and i'm thinking and I automatically thought it was a, 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 a as a Bush used to say, a strategic move. I really did because I said, no, that I said she's too intelligent to throw something out there purposely like that, such red meat for the enemy like that. I, I just I said it's, it, there's got to be a strategy, strategy to that. And when you read the full statement. I think it 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 it, it um, increases the probability that she may get an actual fair trial by accident or you know through the back door. 
I mean, it, she may force a trial to, to, to come, that, and it will be fair. Because then if a trial happens, the facts will be forced to come out. And so she might be tricking them because their fangs are gaping to, to get her, and they may think because of what she said, oh, okay, maybe we can take her to court, and maybe we can win now. And that's just me thinking. I'm not in her head or anything like that, but uh, um, I think it's a cool strategy. I mean, it didn't get me to the point that I've that I've heard some some other commentators. Oh my goodness, they're ready to just abandon her. And um, you know, we have to be more strategic, just like the Democrats are more strategic. And uh, the straightforward. Let me ask you this, Tim: Has the straight forward approach worked up to this point? Well, absolutely not. That's kind of part of why I'm wondering if this I mean, I had that instant reflexive action. It's like she going into this had a great deal of credibility. She has been a phenomenal uh, attorney, had an extremely powerful win-loss record as an attorney. She was well-respected. And to suddenly make this move, it's almost as if she's trying to turn the left's arguments against themselves to utilize it to defend herself. And I, I, that's just kind of the, the feeling I've got that this is an effort. And you know, just to, to throw it out there, I know it's not being talked about a great deal, uh, but maybe it might also be helping to uh, give cover for folks like, say, the, the people in the Wisconsin Assembly – who's now officially authorized a full investigation into the 2020 presidential election. Yes, 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 absolutely. I, 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 didn't, I, I, I didn't think of that, but yes, I did read about that as well. Um, I think all of this is true, what I said and what you just said. I, I, I just – I mean she only lost four cases in her entire life, and those four cases were not because her arguments – lost on their own merit it was because of little technicalities right that's it well, much like the majority of the election cases brought up by the trump team uh they were never dismissed on their merit only one case was ever even heard yeah. they were always disposed of for technicalities that set a bar too hard to get and i've had multiple attorneys on the show since then, and they've all been in agreement. It's like uh, if you put this in isolation, it goes all the way back to the legal arguments being used for the travel uh, restriction that was put in place early on to try to improve vetting from uh, refugees from Syria. Uh, the idea being <laughs> we need to be able to tell who these are. What was the legal argument? Uh, he doesn't have the right to do this because – He's a bigot, and then the judge asks the question, uh, isn't this within the authority of the president? Yes, but – it's like, no, there, there should be no – and they still let this uh, case move forward, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but it, it's absolutely insane. Every president but Trump has that power. Yeah. It's insane, absolutely insane. Because they, right. were, they were against his motivation, which was protecting our country. Right, which is why he had to be called racist and bigoted, even though he has decades upon decades of history uh, indicating the opposite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, uh, we uh, we're going to have to 
sneak in this other uh, topic real quick because it's not that dissimilar because the real story is that there's been a huge feeling uh, among conservatives, particularly across the country, that uh, there's betrayal afoot. Uh, Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota, uh, she has been trying to defend women's uh, rights for a long time uh, as, as far as being against this leftist ideology that kind of uh, works to destroy women. And they talk about a war on women, have talked about that war on women for a long time. They just don't admit they're the ones that are engaged in that war on women. This bill that would have banned uh, biological males from competing in uh, women's sports, uh, it came to her desk, and she, she said it was too broad, and she recommended some changes. She said, I'll sign this if you fix it, but I can't sign it like this. It will not stand up in court. I've heard some uh, some very well-respected attorneys uh, comment on it. They've read the bill. They're in agreement with her. Uh, after having looked at uh, – read uh, a big chunk of it – I didn't get through all of it, uh, but I read a big chunk of it. I, I can see where the problems could lie, and in my mind – Sending that back and getting a better written bill that will stand up in court goes a lot more along the way of doing the job than just trying to pick a fight that would actually hurt uh, South Dakota's efforts and the other states that are trying to follow suit. So I want to get your take on the bill itself, on uh, Christy Nome's uh, uh, attempts to try and get a better bill, and the reaction uh, that she's getting where she's having to stand her ground, unfortunately, against people who should be on her side. Well, unfortunately, see, and when I first heard it, I was like, oh, no, not her, not a, not of all people on earth. But like you, you you say, hold on, hold on, R, and you read the thing, and uh, you hear discussions, and uh, there was one attorney that I know of who said similar things that, that you like you just said, and I'm like, oh, crap. So here's the thing. Even though she is a very, 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 and I'll say it one more time, very conservative, Christian-oriented, patriotic, um, constitutional scholar, to be exact, she is surrounded by Republicans who are chambers of commerce, good old boys and girls. And um, Amazon is poised to, um, they may have already started, but I know they are to build a a thousand employee um, facility out there. And she, you know, then they said, well, some people said, well, Ron, she's trying to save um, those jobs. And I said, she really doesn't need to because their economy is such, many other companies are, 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 are growing and moving to that state like crazy. And number two, I don't know if she would would court Amazon to that point because Amazon is huge. And if all of a sudden they're there, guess what's going to happen? Amazon is going to negatively impact that state. So they say, well, that's the real reason why she caved. But then when you do read and learn about the actual bill itself, you see her wisdom. Now, the Republicans who could rewrite it and say, okay, even if they aren't crazy about her, if they think in their, in their adult brains, 
okay, we'll trip her up. We'll give her what she wants, and it'll fail anyway. And Amazon and all the freak people will, will, will get their way. So, but they refuse to, up to this point, to rewrite it, to even give it a chance in that, in, in, in that context. So uh, it, it's going to be very interesting because, like I said, when I first heard it, I was very disappointed. I was like, oh, crap, not you. And was very ticked, and but like like you said, you have to after you settle down, you go and and, and check out check out the details for yourself, and see if these things be true. And then when you find out they're not, then you have to look into the motivations of those who surround her. And I've really looked into it, and a lot of those Republicans are like typical Republicans, you know the uh, Karl Rove types. The 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 country club yeah. blue blood yeah. Republicans yeah. who who really don't care about the rabble uh, as long as they can protect <laughs> their interests and pretend uh, to be conservative to be the op- opposition party. Yeah. Well, you know they're conservative when it comes to spending their own money. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what you're saying, let me boil this down for anybody that's missed the point. You believe, and, and I tend to agree with you, that. A group of Republicans in the state house uh, moving this forward intentionally sent her a bad bill thinking she would sign it without looking into it to set her up for failure, and she just happened to catch him. Is, is that what you're saying? I believe that's that's part of it. I believe it because even – see, people like her, the Republican Party establishment doesn't like real conservatives. And I know, and I know that from from my experience here in Michigan, the Republican Party of Michigan cannot stand me. They could, they wouldn't. By the way, they wouldn't stand you if you were here either. <laughs> so, which is a compliment. Trust me on that. Right. Uh, and most of the Republicans do not like people like Christy Noem. They didn't like Trump. So, I I'm I'm not surprised when I when I learned of the issue, then I came to the conclusion they were they're trying to screw her. Yeah. Well, I, again, I again, I absolutely do not doubt it. And uh, to just prove your point, uh, we still have a semi-active Tea Party engaged here locally. Uh, I'm still welcome there. I've not been welcomed in the county uh, Republican Party meetings uh, since I up and uh, asked the question when it came to redistricting if it was wrong for a hundred plus years for Democrats to to gerrymander the districts for their uh, express purposes of control, how is it not still wrong? <laughs> this is how we protect everyone. It's like, now, if it was wrong, it was wrong. And because I dare to pipe up, I I'm persona non grata here locally with the party. Did they but, say? Uh, it, did they say? By now, <laughs> something very much like that, only just not as cool. <laughs> they couldn't deliver it that well. Ah, you know, it, it, it is insane. And again, it does prove the point that you have to uh, avoid those knee-jerk reactions. We see it all the time. Knee-jerk reactions. They're often the wrong reactions. That's how you end up with terrible policy. It's how you end up with egg on your face. It's how a lot of people on Twitter uh, ended up uh, talking about the Colorado shooting uh, because they took the shooter alive. He must have been white, and it's a terrible white supremacy thing, and man, they're feeling uh, pretty embarrassed now. If, and we've only got a little time left, sadly, because as you know, it's 
it seems like this is the fastest hour on radio when you and I get together. Uh, is there some way we can kind of temper ourselves and get back to the, the practice of staying calm and rational and waiting for the facts before we jump to conclusions? Because I'm afraid a lot of us have fallen into that trap of uh, acting like the uh, leftist and jumping on board with this notion that somehow it's okay to be emotional. We're going to fight the left with their own game. We're going to fight them with emotion too, only they're so adept at that. It's really hard uh, to sit there and jump in and not look like an idiot when the facts don't support uh, your case. Uh, what do we do to avoid that uh, with about four minutes, sir? Whew. Lord, have mercy. We just we, we just have to be a better uh, force when it comes to strategy. And I understand the temptation to act like the Democrats because they've been very successful in how and what they've been doing. But at the same time, we cannot do things that are wrong, but at the same time, we've got to become a lot more wise and strategic in what what we're doing. And we've got to become much stronger. We have to, If we just up our pushback, our fighting, um, we'd get a, a lot better uh, results, in my opinion. Um, we have no choice, and we have to strategize, and sometimes we might have to get to the edge, but we, sh- we should not cross that border and do wrong, uh, tit for tat. Um, and the only time you can do that, as far as I'm concerned, is if it uh, comes down to you have to fool them in order to save lives or something like that, because you know I would fool them if I could get an in and around to close the border which would save lives. Um, but on a, on a regular basis, no. Uh, it, it's just we, we have to stand up for, 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 for God's principles and the, the constitutional principles and things of that nature and fight for them and spread them. Um, but we've got to be smarter. We're very intelligent in, in knowledge and things of that nature, but we're very stupid when it comes to strategy and cowardly when it comes to fighting. I mean, some of us are as individuals. You're you're a fighter, but for the most part, uh, they're they're they're, uh, they're they sell wolf tickets like Lindsey Graham. But when it comes down to the real fight, they knuckle under, they cave in, uh, like Lindsey Graham did recently with four of the Republicans on a on a particular vote, which um, didn't have to go, but it's it's harming the country. And so, um, you know, we've got to be more principled. More principled. Um, but like I said, I understand the temptation to get down and dirty with them and beat them at their own game. Man, you know, that's that's for street fights. But and maybe maybe we do need to do a little of that for now just to clean house and, clean, you know, clean them out. And because it is a life and death struggle, there is no here's a, here's one for you. We are not biblically. Um, obligated to be honest with those who are trying to murder us or our or our country you're not obligated to be honest with 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 those who are on the on the dark side now that is true you could i there there i there, there is backup on scripture but if the republicans were really on um 
truth's side, <laughs> they would have a ground, you know, they would have something to stand on if they had to get down and dirty to beat these Democrats and rhinos into the dirt for the good of the republic. I mean, you had some of that in the founding of this country. You had some of that between Queen Elizabeth and Queen Mary of Scots. You should read that story. And thank God that uh, there was Sir Walter Raleigh who did some dirt, did some dirt um, on behalf of Queen Elizabeth that the Protestants or the Protestants that they called call, call them back then won. And we may need to do a little of that on our side because they're murdering our side. Many of people on our side are murdered. And so when you are fighting evil – and the, and the Democrats, some Democrats have been behind murder. And so um, the more I think about it, Tim, I, and, and, and you can study it out. It's in Scripture. We are not obligated to be honest with those who are out to kill us or to kill a nation. Well, as that uh, as true as that may be, I honestly believe the only way to win the battle is to be as forthright as possible. We've got to stand on principles. Be forthright, and, but read the story right. about the harlot and, right. and, the, and, and the men when they came in. She had to lie. She lied to those who were out to kill the Israelis. I, I, well, I'm not challenging you on the point, sir. I'm not. I promise. I'm just trying to send a message to everybody out there that's listening. <laughs> Get on board. And understand truth is the salvation here, and prepare for a fight because you are battling evil. It's a spiritual fight as much as anything else, and there are just as many people with an R stuck at the end of their name as there are with a D at the end of their name that are the enemy. Just do your research and do not jump to conclusions. We have to not Amen. just seek truth but also practice patience as well. Ron, thank you so much for being here as always. Great to have you here, and I look forward to our next time to get uh, back together. Uh, stay strong and keep up the great work, sir. Thank you, and you too, and God bless you. God bless your audience, and thank you for your patience. I know uh, the, the, the last few things that I said may not be agreeable to a lot of folks, but study war. And study the real battle between good and evil, and, and you'll understand what I was talking about, and uh, uh, you'll understand that I wasn't just blowing it out of my ear. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but God bless you, man, and, and thank you for all you do. And um, because of folks that, like you that are out there, I do feel hopeful every day that I uh, that God allows me to wake up. So, uh, thumbs up to you and your audience, and uh, Godspeed, sir. Thank you much, sir, and uh, same right back at you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that, of course, is Mr. Ron Edwards. There is a link in the show description uh, today uh, here at BTR that will take you to theronedwards.com, so you can check out everything at his website. And there's also a link to his show page over at mojo50.com. Uh, so feel free to follow those and check out more of what he's doing. Uh, absolutely fantastic American. Now, for most of you, uh, this show is uh, rebroadcast. You're hearing me over terrestrial radio, but you get it in one hour increments, so this is it for you guys. If you're here live, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts just after this, but if I am saying goodbye to you at the moment, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take the other guy's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and more importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, be smart, even 
if it goes against your nature. <laughs> Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And I've been accused of being one of those men. However, I assure you I'm not. In fact, I'm trying to help save the republic. Uh, not in any big way. I'm just sitting here talking. But hey, it, it's an effort. I'm trying to help educate people, change people's uh, point of view, uh, help get people feeling more optimistic. Uh, it's an uphill climb. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. 
Libby was always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and ever so glad to be here live. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, by the way. Those of you hanging out in the chat room, always glad to see you here. Blogger extraordinaire Bigfoot is in the house. Don't take my word for it. Go see for yourself. Bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. Crazy Cajun is still hanging out with us. I think he was here mostly to listen to Ron earlier because there's always some great stuff when Ron's talking. Uh, and he's got to keep an eye on uh, uh, Ron because he doesn't want Ron using all of his best stuff on my show and not having it for his own show that, uh, <laughs> that Cajun helps to produce. Uh, we've also got Chief host of Simple Facts of Life, who, by the way, is now on the line and will be joining me here in just a second. And uh, Vorpovite has joined us. Uh, we'll see uh, if we can uh, keep everybody here. We had somebody else pop in and out real quick, a couple of folks. Uh, obviously, uh, this was not the place for them. Uh, so at any rate, uh, they're gone now. Uh, it's still just us. And uh, <laughs> Cajun in the chat room said, damn, Tim caught me. Uh, so at any rate, uh, hang on. Let's jump in. Uh, lots of things still to talk about and some perspectives. Uh, Chief, of course, is the host of a great show. It's called Simple Facts of Life. Uh, he's joining us uh, from an undisclosed underground location somewhere near Portland, Oregon. Uh, Chief, uh, thank you so much for coming on. As always, I uh, greatly appreciate your time and your energy here, and your perspectives and points of view uh, are always uh, interesting, poignant, and uh, usually have the merit of not everybody thinking the same way. And that's part of what I love about everything you do, sir. Uh, welcome back to the show. Well, nice to be here, I think, but you know, I have to start out with curse you, Tim Taft. You had me come on the show, and you wanted me to talk about some things, so I spent my morning looking at, like, the news and watching videos of Kamala Harris talking to Gail King. Curse you, Tim Taft, for making me put up with that. <laughs> Uh, sorry? <laughs> Are you buying that? I, I, all right. Well, you know, it's, it's a burden, uh, to, to suffer with knowledge and to have to, to have to suffer fools, which, uh, I, of course, I'm not just talking about Kamala when I mention this, but myself as well. Uh, but again, I appreciate you putting in that effort and, and struggling through it. And, uh, one of the topics I wanted to talk to you about, of course, and we, uh, had discussed before is, getting your take of the catastrophe currently ongoing at the border. Uh, obviously, lots of things that the current administration is trying to deny about the role in it, lots of changes that took place. Uh, as of today, Kamala is supposed to be taking the lead and getting things fixed. But uh, from your point of view out there on the West Coast, uh, what impact have you seen to this point and where do you feel like this is headed? I mean, this is something that uh, obviously you'd rather not think about if you don't have to, but uh, uh, it is something that affects everyone all across the country. Um, well, I mean, there, up until this morning, I thought there was a crisis, but hey, now that our esteemed vice president is in charge, I mean, crisis is obviously no more in existence, uh, it will be solved because 
you know, the smartest woman on the planet after Hillary Clinton is now in charge. You know, end of problem. Are you buying that? Are, are, do we? Do, do we recognize how intelligent they are by how they cackle? Is is that how we're judging that? Yeah, that's 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 it. I, I don't think that uh, the vice president uh, cackles quite up there with the Hillary. Well, I don't know. I, I should look see if I see if I can pull up a pull up a Hillary cackle right quick. You know, I I, I might even have one. I know I I know I have I know I have something. Let me see here. Yep, yep, that is very cringy. Yeah, I, I definitely think Hillary's is more annoying just to listen to, but I think Kamala's annoys me more now just because she's in a position to to make my life more miserable. That's uh, that's true, but I yeah, as far as you know what what have I seen? How has it affected me? Uh, no more than anybody else, but. It's, you know, I occasionally I don't get out that much. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of old, and I I stay pretty close to the bunker, so I don't know. But I do. Uh, I, I I look at the news, and I, I just they they seem to be in in denial. I mean, I don't know. Jay Leno used to have do a bit like. You know, or it'd show some somebody doing something stupid with the tagline, "What did you think was going to happen?" And I mean, what did you think was going to happen when Biden got elected? And of course, they were going to come. That was what he campaigned on. And then he's trying to say, "Well, I just, yeah, the." We're taking out ads in Guatemala telling people don't come. Uh, I haven't, you know, I don't know what those ads look like exactly. Uh, What little Spanish I knew back from my days in Los Angeles uh, is mostly gone. And so I don't, and even if it wasn't, I probably would not look at Guatemalan Facebook pages. But they're putting up. They're trying to say it, but I don't. I think it's more for domestic consumption here. They're trying to tell us that they are trying to keep people away, not expecting the people in Guatemala and Mexico and El Salvador to believe it. So they're coming, yeah. and of course, what ha- once they get in, that's the thing that really hasn't changed. You know, in decades, once they get across the border, they are treated as though, you know, now they get all the full protection and the right of this, and, well, we have to give you a court date. I mean, see, if I had my way about it, hey, you came across the border from Mexico, you got no papers, back in Mexico. 
I don't care where your country of origin is. You came here from Mexico. You don't belong here. You go back to Mexico. You are now Mexico's problem. If you're not a Mexican citizen, why did they let you in? That's kind of right. the way I feel. All right, am I talking to not, not all. Well, no, no, not all that dissimilar from Trump's policy of uh, stay in Mexico while you await uh, an asylum hearing. Uh, apply there. Uh, it, it, it seemed to be something that was working. It slowed down the illegal crossings. But we we all knew what was going to happen. We knew they were going to come for the guns. We knew they were going to try to mess with elections. We knew they were going to push for reparations. We knew they were going to push critical race theory. And the reason – Everyone out there knows that we knew uh, was because we were trying to warn them. Uh, I heard you uh, mention certain aspects, uh, and it didn't matter. We, even before we had the candidate uh, selected by the uh, Democratic Party, we knew what was coming, and we tried to tell everybody then uh, over and over again, beating our head against the wall. But at this point, is this, do you think, a case of – intentional destruction to the current societal norms, or is this just total and utter incompetency and in believing somehow that despite all the evidence that has preceded efforts of pursuing these types of policies, that they're just completely and totally inept? Um, somewhere in the middle, insofar as you know, their actual motivation you know, simple fact of life, number one, what do they consider to be in their self-interest? They consider maintaining power to be in their self-interest. They believe that, you know, the immigrants who come here on a welfare state situation are going to vote for them, are going to help them stay in power. That's all that matters. The fact that it's probably all going to come crashing down. They don't see, they, they think they can manage it. I'm not quite so sure, but yeah, as far as to answer your question, what it really is, is they're trying to stay in power. That's the way I see it. That's all that matters. All right. to them. I, okay. So then I guess the question then becomes, how is it that they don't see that all these empty promises are eventually damaging to the point that a majority of average Americans that typically would vote for their party become hurt to the point that they no longer will? Doesn't – by following these radical programs, doesn't that endanger their power? You think they're completely oblivious to that? Well, I mean as long as they can bring in new voters to replace them, uh, don't forget that uh, the – up until uh, the most recent election, uh, well, President Trump got more votes than any other candidate in any presidential election except for Joe Biden, right? right. Where, did all, where did all of those voters come from? I mean, well, uh, yeah, you, you vote I'm for the cemetery sure. and such, but yeah. Yeah, that was, but, that's where yeah, I was about to say. say I'm pretty sure some of them that. were. Yeah, I, half of the cast of The Walking Dead, all the zombies, uh, were pulling the, <laughs> the booth. 
Uh, it's it, it just seems counterintuitive to some point. I, I get being married to an idea. If you've followed politics for any amount of time, you know that some people are so headstrong that they will do all kinds of mental gymnastics to try and make their point of view work, even when it becomes a juxtaposition of something else they've already presented. But we really are at a point where it almost looks like an active attempt to engage in Cloward and Piven-type tactics to destroy the country. And it seems like in some cases these people would rather uh, offer more protections and more rights to non-citizens than do their job of protecting the citizens of uh, the districts uh, that they represent, depending on which office we're talking about. Why are people – in these districts not holding these elected officials more accountable? Are they even in a position to do so? What do you see? Well, it's the, the way it works. I mean, you know this. Congress are elected in their, in their districts. Now, if you're in a place like New York City, your district is relatively small geographically, a lot of people. Some places it's a little more spread out, but a member of Congress represents a certain constituency, and they try to, you know, the reason they always keep getting reelected is because they want, they manage to convince people, and you probably get the mailers in your, you know, around election time, you get a mailer from your congressman. Yeah, these are all the wonderful things I'm doing for you. I can do this. I have clout. If you don't reelect me, you're going to get some newbie in there who doesn't have the kind of clout I have, and you won't get all these goodies. So everybody says, you know, these congressmen are, you know, they they all suck, but. You know, I need I need my guy in there to represent me who has the clout to do it. And that's how they perpetuate it. Or am I talking stupid? I always have to ask that because I come up with things. And although I've said I have said this many times, that if you go to my written blog, I think that's like the second thing I ever put up there was that point. Right. It was something well, that no, I, I got from. My high school history teacher asked the question, what is a politician's job? It's not to serve the people. It's to get elected. Anything that he does good for his for the people is normally, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a plus. It's, or it's, 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 it's nice, but it's not the main thing. It's kind of a byproduct. He's going to do. The politician is going to do what they think will get them reelected, and the people buy it because it's about they try they convince the people in their district that the new guy won't be able to help them as much as them, and so that's why you get these people who pay, you know, Maxine Waters. How long has she been in that district? But she's got clout, and she can come in there, and she can say, you know, I'm there. And so people run in, you know, I, I'm here. I'm the chairman of this committee. So they, they believe that, well, the, 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 the newbie that might replace her is not going to be able to do as much. And so all they have to do is send out the mailers with 
Okay, this is what I did. You know, I got you, you know, X number of dollars, you know, for such and such program, because I have clout. It doesn't mention the fact that, you know, she gave away, you know, several times, you know, X times 87 number of dollars, you know, to other people. You know, and that's the way it all works. So, yeah, that's how that's that's why they they do it or how they do it. Once again, am I talking right. stupid? I, no, I mean you're you're making the point that, that a lot of people uh, they kind of they're not paying close enough attention. They don't realize uh, that that flyer is just a campaign. Pro- In fact, uh, I got one. Uh, not this past election, but a couple of elections back from a state representative, and he literally was taking credit for getting a bridge belt that at the time they were trying to get funding, he was opposed to. <laughs> he wanted that money to go to something else, but he knew enough time had passed that most people had forgot, and most people uh, liked having the bridge there. It was extremely convenient. And so, yeah, it, it is a matter of getting the press out there and doing it, and it also kind of harkens back to a point that I was making with uh, a few different folks back uh, in the earliest days of this past election cycle when we were talking about people like AOC and Ilhan Omar, uh, how even though they may not be extremely popular in their district, they still better represent who makes up that district than whoever else might be challenging them. Uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, they are a reflection of the communities that they're representing uh, for better or for worse as far as what that says about where America is at in those areas. And it it is a case where you you do need to play to your district. But I still kind of wonder, doesn't there have to be some point where they hurt enough because of these policies that they realize uh, things were better when we were doing something different? There has to be a point where the people get fed up, and you know, I, I don't know what that point is. I, I would have thought we would be past that point myself here. I know lots of people are feeling that way, obviously still not enough. Do you see the possibility of that being on the horizon? Is there going to be a point where uh, folks that lean slightly to the left now that you're getting some honest reporting from CNN about the border and from other legacy medias, are they going to be able to see that all that compassion that they were trying to show uh, for these border crossers are actually uh, endangering them? Uh, The policies now are victimizing them and and enriching criminals who are trying to smuggle people and and, uh, drugs across the border, that that it's clearly a wrong move. Is there even the slightest risk that they may lose enough supporters, or is it just a vicious cycle that's not going to end? I don't know. I I mean, once again, it comes back to – uh, you know, where are these votes coming from? Are they real people? Uh, you know, Bigfoot pointed out in the chat room. I saw, you know, humans, the machines. We don't know who's voting, and that's uh, and that's what. Well, yeah, you know, it doesn't. It may get to. The, it's, it's almost getting to the point where I'm. I'm not sure. I'm almost. Although I. You know, Vorpalbite in the chat room has been, you know, saying it's all over. I have a friend, my friend, uh, like I refer to a lot uh, on my show, you know, and, uh, former shipmates been living in Japan for the last 30 years. And 
he he said uh, he made the point that it just may be to the point where we're going to end up kind of like Mexico here. Government is going to be corrupt, but they'll do just enough to make sure we don't, uh, you know, get our guns that we've been hiding after they try to take them. They'll just sort of keep us. Government's corrupt. They'll make sure that we don't starve, and they keep all the power. And it may work because I, you know, I was just thinking we're talking about about some of that, and I. I was hearkening back to my days, oh, back in the 1970s, when I uh, I spent some time in the Philippines during the Marcos era. And, yeah, the people, you know, the people there that I, you know, got to know, uh, they knew the government was corrupt, but, hey, you know, they're sort of taken care of. Some of them really didn't like it. Some of them were just kind of okay with it because it was easy. It was simple. I'm just not sure that that's not the direction we're headed. That we're headed to these days. It's it's kind of scary. Um, I mean, I wish I could be a little uh, a little more happy talk about all this, but uh, you know, I'm an old man. I feel sorry for my children what they may be living through. But, you know, they're a bunch of leftists anyway, so, hey, they'll think it's, they'll think it's great, you know. Remember <laughs> At the, least uh, for a little while. Came out, yeah, the, the survey that came out from North Korea a few years ago, the North Koreans believed that the happiest people in the world were the Chinese, but the second happiest were the North Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, can believe I, it. I, I, you, you didn't, you, you didn't bring this old crazy guy on to be so depressing, now, did you? <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you call the show tap into the truth, sometimes it's gonna not be a happy, shiny thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I, I mean, are you ready for a sea story? That's always happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll save that for the uh, second half of the hour, and let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break. But right before we do, just a quick question. Uh, you know, we, we see this flurry of uh, legislative activity, and some of the most concerning are some of the bills like H.R. 1, uh, some of these efforts to, to hijack voting away from the states, and some of the efforts to to just go in and demolish the economy. Uh, lots of these uh, bills they're pushing now I, I would have never believed in the past would have stood a chance of ever making it through. Uh, the Senate would have held firm. The filibuster would have held its place, and most likely the court system would have tossed it out even if it had got to that point. Due to the unconstitutionality, but I don't have that same faith anymore. Uh, real quick, y- uh, yes or no, and you can elaborate a little. Do you have faith that some of these bigger non non constitutional efforts they're pushing uh, can still be prevented uh, through our normal 
governmental recourse? Are, are we going to see some of this stuff become law and be treated like it's legitimate, uh, at least until some uh, legislators with them, some huspa can uh, return us back to a more constitutional path? Well, you uh, here lets me know that you have joined pretty much everyone else in the world in not listening to what I've been saying. Because what have I what have I been saying for the last half hour? These HR one <laughs> is about keeping them in power. All these other non constitutional things are what they believe will keep them in power. So. I, I I don't know. I I like to be optimistic, um, you know. But hey, if you want optimism, listen to Ron Edwards. He's he's he, he believes. <laughs> he does. I he, mean, he believes a lot of good things. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I like to listen to I like to listen to Ron because of course he said a few things. You maybe noticed in the chat room he said a few things that were wrong, but. You know, about Kamala Harris, and we can all. If you want to talk about what's going to happen with how long Joe is going to last, you know, maybe on the other side, I can. Well, you know, kind of my thoughts uh, on that. All right. But, all right. Well, let's let's take that uh, mid-hour break, and then when we come back around, do want to kind of talk about a couple other things, but we can sneak that in as well. So uh, you stay where you're at, Chief, and all you folks out there, you stay where you're at. Uh, we're going to take a, a relatively quick break, and on the other side, uh, we will continue the conversation with the host of Simple Facts of Life, the Chief. Don't go anywhere. I dare you. Stay where you're at. You're gonna you're gonna end up enjoying it. I promise. Okay, uh, maybe. Maybe I don't promise, but uh, chances are good. <laughs> Stay where you're at. No more papers. No more school books. No more teachers' dirty looks. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, it's bad enough that U.S. government school educators are world-renowned for not providing a very good education for our students, but now, more and more people realize that most educators are actually just self-centered hypocritical activists whose only allegiance is to the National Education Association, which supports the Biden regime's effort to educate or indoctrinate children who have crossed our border illegally, while U.S.-born students in Los Angeles remain at home. When it comes to U.S.-born students, the Biden regime has often moved the proverbial goalposts amid teachers' unions, which are a major ally of the destructive Democrat Party. While many Republicans favor a swifter reopening of government schools, I personally believe this is the perfect time for good parents to begin pooling resources and seeking authentic educational opportunities for their grossly undereducated children. And tell those self-centered union educators where to go. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. 
go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins. Let's talk about guns purely from a self-defense perspective. How many people are there in America? Well, if you said just over 300 million, you're correct. It's closer to 325 million. Now, let me ask you this. How many acts of violence are there per year in America? Well, if you said just over 1 million, you're correct. It's approximately 1.2 to 1.3 million. So if there are just over 300 million people in America and just over 1 million acts of violence occurring in America every year, what are your chances of being the victim of one of those attacks? Well, if you said 1 in 300, you're correct. I don't know about you, but I don't like those odds. I know your odds might change depending on where you live, but if you live in an area with less crime, wouldn't that make someone else's odds go up? I mean, the number of people in America didn't change, and the number of violent attacks per year didn't change. Some of the highest crime rates in America are in Democrat-run cities where there are the strictest and most restrictive gun laws in the country putting good people at risk because they can't defend themselves. The anti-gun left and anti-freedom groups like the Everytown Gun Grabbers continue to paint a dishonest picture of guns in America by telling you that guns cause violence. This is why they push the term gun violence. It's to help people who aren't paying attention believe that if we were to remove guns, the violence would magically go away. The truth is, not having a gun is more likely to make you a victim of violence. Two and a half million times per year in America, guns are used to save lives. This doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And by the way, 46% of those defensive gun uses are by women. The more guns are restricted, the more people are put at risk. The people who try to scare you and convince you that guns are the problem ignore the fact that we're all potential for being a 1 in 300 statistic. The people who ignore this are the same people who will purchase a lottery ticket with a 1 in 20 million chance of winning. They ignore the facts when pushing their agenda, and they know the odds that they're creating are dangerous. Human violence in America is not an argument for more gun restrictions. It's an argument for more guns in the hands of good people. So regardless of how desperate the anti-gun left is to disarm Americans, we've found a simple and effective way to defend yourself from violent attacks, rapes, carjackings, or shootings. Shoot back. Anti-gun hypocrisy has run rampant because of a dishonest media and an anti-gun political party that's willing to sacrifice our great American values put good people at risk, and destroy cities with unnecessary violence just so they can gain political power. It's time we understand their strategy so we can defeat them. Our founding fathers saw these tyrants coming over 200 years away. That's why the Second Amendment was written. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. Is not this simpler? Is this not your natural state? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. 
the bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You were made to be ruled. In the end, you will always kneel. All right, so I was looking for an audio clip of a recent uh, speech given by one of the uh, top-level Biden administration officials. I think I got it right, though. I, I think that's what that was. Thank you for your cooperation. Either that or I've just hit too many Marvel uh, audio clips. Okay, so... Uh, here we go. Uh, see you later, Cajun. Cajun's got to drop out. Evidently, uh, storms are hitting his area. He's heading out. Uh, with me today uh, in this second hour of the live broadcast uh, is Chief. He's the host of a great show called Simple Facts of Life. Uh, before we delve into uh, any of the other topics uh, that we're going to discuss, uh, sir, please remind everybody where they can find your work. Work? Work? I don't do any work. Oh, but you can find my uh, nonsense. Uh, well, actually, I noticed uh, there were a couple links in your show description. One that says, Chief will take you to my written blog, which is qmcusn.wordpress.com. And another link will take you to my radio show which is blogtalkradio.com slash QMCUSN. I do it live uh, Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, 1438 uh, on the planet Zontar. And, <laughs> yeah, just a 30-minute show. I try not to waste too much of your time. All right. Uh, now, all right. Now, you had mentioned Ron had made a uh, error in his timing involving uh, Kamala. So real quick, I'm going to let you uh, correct that information for the benefit of the listeners in case uh, they're uh, out there and not able to do their own homework. And then I want to discuss uh, the recent shootings, uh, both in Atlanta and in Colorado. Well, not in Atlanta specifically, but in Georgia, uh, near Atlanta. Uh, and more to the point, the media coverage thereof. Uh, but uh, real quick, uh, the Ron Edwards correction. Well, he, he had what he had said, I guess, and maybe I misheard him, but he made it sound like uh, Kamala Harris became president. They they could not wait too long, otherwise, because if they got her in quick enough, she could run for another two terms. The 22nd Amendment of the Constitution says that no person who has served more than uh, two years of a term to which some other person was elected shall be elected more than once. So they could, if, if after January 20th of 2023, uh, then it would, it would she became president, then it would be less than two years, and she could uh, run twice or be elected twice. Uh, but if before that, she would the only way she could w become elected president twice would be if she sort of resigned 
before she served two years of that term. And of course, well, go to my written blog, and well, you you know where I'm where I'm going with all of that. Yes, we we have discussed that uh, that idea, which is completely legitimate within the confines of the Constitution. Uh, all right, Chief. Uh, now, clearly, we we've recently had a couple of. Uh, I think it's fair to call them tragedies. I, I think most people would use that terminology. Uh, we had the issue in Georgia where this young man who seems to be suffering from a certain level of, well, unwellness, I will refer to it. I'm certainly not a qualified uh, uh, individual to give a prognosis. Uh, he decided that uh, certain dens of inequity uh, were too much of a um, uh, – too much – of of a of a lure, too much of a temptation, uh, so he decided to go shoot some people. Uh, not the most healthy choice to make uh, over a unhealthy vice. And then we had the uh, shooting in Colorado, uh, where we have this individual who goes into a grocery store, ends up killing ten people, one of which was the first on-site responding police officer who made a move to try to save lives, and it ended up costing him his own in the process. Uh, a major rush to try and uh, paint this individual as someone other than what he is. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of egg on the face for people jumping on. But the media suddenly went real quiet about the narrative of the white man bad and then suddenly went back strong into the narrative of we need more gun control. And we've heard everything from uh, Kamala out uh, talking about how there's false narratives about false choices to uh, evidently Biden full-on threatening executive action, which again constitutionally would mean nothing. But uh, we we don't seem to recognize that anymore. Uh, under Barack Obama, uh, under Donald Trump, uh, both we saw a lot of executive actions that had no power of law, but were treated as such under both. I'm afraid we're going to see a continuation of that too. I would really like to get your thoughts on both shootings individually and the media coverage that was spawned from that because I, I I've went on uh, my – on my own the last few days. You heard it. You you were here listening. Uh, but I would love to get your thoughts on both these because they're they're incredibly um, well. There's there's a lot of moving parts to these stories that nobody seems to want to talk about. But uh, at any rate, now let me step back and let you uh, uh, put your thoughts out there before I okay, take yeah, up the sure. entirety of this segment. Yeah, I was wondering when. You know, you you ask questions like somebody in a congressional hearing. You know, it's supposed to be a question and well, as a speech sometimes, and now I'm answering like a okay. Uh, shooting, Georgia shooting. Um, I don't know about why anybody would shoot up a Asian massage parlor. I mean, as I mentioned, I've spent some time in some massage parlors that were actually in Asia. Yeah, I, of course, I sub, I was young and succumbed to temptation easily, and I didn't care about it. But what I notice is they are absolutely, no matter what, they are trying to make this a hate crime. I just, one of those things I looked at, you know, I was complaining about earlier that you made me look at, so I talking about or something, and yes, they were talking. 
why has it not been a hate crime? And uh, Kamala Harris was asked, well, I'm not prosecuting that case, but of course it's a hate crime. Somebody killed some people who were of a different race. How can it not be a hate crime? Huh? Because uh, the guy was a sicko. I, what, they're just bound and determined to make it something that I'm not seeing that it is. The guy had a some kind of sex addiction, and he was, I don't know what his issue was, but he was a bad guy. He did a bad thing. Doesn't have to be about race. Uh, I, the entire idea of a hate crime is always struck me as really, it, it never made sense to me because, I mean, okay, say you were just like a real hardcore Ku Klux Klan racist, can't stand anybody that's, that's you know, a different color than you. So you see some woman of the wrong color walking down and you just absolutely have to, you know, beat her off beat her over the head with a tire iron. I'm going to tell you something. You better make sure you take her purse because if the motive was robbery, then, hey, it's not as bad. You know, she still has her, instead of just having her head bashed in, she has her head bashed in and she's missing her purse. But that's not as bad as just having your head bashed in because it was motivated by, you know, racism and hate if you didn't take the purse. Am I, I mean, is, once again, am I talking stupid? No, 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 I mean, it really is, it really is as simple as people trying to ascertain what someone's motives are without just simply looking at the fact, was there a crime? Is there an appropriate punishment for the crime? Why make it into anything more? Uh, more often than not, if you commit an action of murder, there is a amount of passion that is involved there. There is some level of hate, even if it's self-hate, which seems to be the case in this instance. I, I think while you don't just automatically take a murderer's word for it, whatever their motivations may be, if they're professing a level of mental illness, uh, you probably should start there. Uh, I, I don't see why there has to be this assertion. And the fact that they're throwing – the media in particular keeps trying to throw this idea that there's this huge uptick in anti-Asian violence in the United States and try to blame it on Trump. Dang it, that orange man who's bad, that kicker of puppies, that eater of babies, the climate arsonist refuses to go away. He's still living in their heads rent-free. But the, the whole thing about the statistics are so skewed, there's not really any evidence that there's any facts behind the uptick. Yeah, there's a slight uptick in all kinds of violence right now because people have been locked down for a year, and now they're coming back out. Uh, violence against Asians, when you count it across the board, uh, is very sporadic. There's an, several years where there's not much at all. Then there's other years where there's a little more. And when there's just a little more, statistically, it's a huge deviant because there was so little before. Uh, so it's really hard to gauge anything other than the opportunistic actions of the media and the body politic. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, now, 
can I talk a little bit about the uh, the Colorado shooting? It's because uh, Bigfoot right pointed something out, and I've seen it. I had, you know, I actually had a few things uh, on my computer just uh, if I wanted to refer to him when I was talking. And he pointed at this guy in Colorado, uh, whatever his name was, uh, yeah, some Syrian-sounding name, seemed to be religious, and as Bigfoot pointed out, uh, I saw an ad for, you know, somebody had tweeted out an ad for uh, the, for the, you know, the store. Your one-stop shop for kosher groceries. Gee, I wonder if that was a hate crop. Nah. <laughs> now it, it would have been if he wasn't a Syrian. Uh, yeah, that's defense. That's, that's just it. it. I mean, Hate crime has to do with uh, who, if you're, who it is you hate. If you hate the if you hate the people that we're supposed to hate, or the, or if you're a hater that we're supposed to like, then it's not a hate crime. And of course, you know, since he was taken alive, he must be white. I yeah, that's what just amazed me. I I could not well. That's what I said on my show yesterday. How is it that people can say it's so unfair that our prisons are full of, you know, black people, except no black people are ever arrested because they're all shot on sight? I mean, that's just the story seems to be changing. Uh, I don't well, know. you see, clearly, Chief, the, the, the solution there is uh, overwrought with guilt a large number of people of color simply turn themselves in and walk into prison on their own. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just amazing they could, uh, you know, get to the, uh, you know, to the police station without – how do they turn themselves in without getting shot? Because we know they have to turn themselves into the police, and you know any black person who is, you know, seen by a policeman will be shot on sight. Isn't? I mean, how? I I, I don't understand this. It's a negotiated okay, I, surrender. I am attorney, call, okay. I'll, answer, I'll answer the. I'll, I will answer my own question. I am talking stupid now. <laughs> Uh, it's hard not to when you're uh, delving into some of the leftist ideology. They they create so many juxtapositions for themselves. Uh, it, it is astounding, but it, it it really does put us in this unique position, though, where we more than ever have to cut through a, a swath of uh, narrative that has zero substance. They they continue to try and push. Uh, this narrative and that narrative, and it's all about trying to get their agenda uh, without any realization that they're actually building a trap that they themselves can put their foot right in the middle of and find themselves the victims as much as any one of us. They can, but will – I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're so incompetent that they can't even make a proper trap trap themselves. I don't know. It's 
it seems like they should be able, you know, and it's something you brought you brought up earlier. I mean, how can they keep doing this? When will the people realize? But they just, I don't know. It's just maybe the people don't. They maybe they're not as dumb as they think. They know how far they can push things. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. I have no answer. I mean, I can just babble on forever, but nothing to say of any of any uh, usefulness on that subject. I think. Yeah, I mean, sadly, I, I do think that on the topic, a lot of the broader strokes we probably both spent enough time talking it to death, and then the the finites, you really do have to kind of defy their narratives uh, right off the bat and try to take it on a case-by-case basis, which, shocking, uh, that might be the proper approach for the majority of life. Uh, You know, uh, I know some Jewish people. Do I want to make blanket statements about all Jews because of those people I know? Well, in this case, it'd probably be okay because they're pretty good people. <laughs> but uh, if one of them made me mad, do I want to do that? It would be insane for me to do that. I know a lot of uh, people of color, as uh, the left tells us we should refer to them. Uh, most of them, uh, even the ones with shadier backgrounds, are generally people I could get along with and enjoyed spending time working with uh, back in the day in that previous life where I worked in quick service. Uh, it's one of those things where if you take life on a case-by-case basis, suddenly you see how ridiculous a lot of these narratives are. But so much of our day-to-day now has become a case of insulation. Uh, you know, one of the greatest inventions ever for the discernment of information was the internet, and one of the most horrific devices for keeping people uh, apart as much as bringing them together. Again, the internet, because the cliques and the tribes exist uh, in a also keyboard tough guy mentality mindset, and we continue to be divided in ways that we never were previously. That case-by-case basis we just don't seem to get those interactions anymore. Or am I talking crazy now? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you really expect me to say you weren't talking crazy? Come on, you, you know me better than that. Um, I just could I uh, go ahead. You know, just just bring up one little thing that had occurred to me, and he kind of talked a little bit about this with Ron, and we didn't get into it too much but we we saw the uh the this is now officially the biden harris administration mm-hmm. and it occur, it occurs to me uh yeah of course as everybody's pointed out, i just never heard that before but the vice president has absolutely zero authority to do anything only if the president says, okay, this is my, you know, but the vice president has, in some respects, less authority to speak for the country than, say, the ambassador to someplace else, who is the official representative, vice president, only if they're designated by the president. They're not confirmed by Congress to have the authority, and the Constitution gives them no authority. In fact, 
I'm going to make this real quick because we're almost out of time. But I'm going to take you back to 1979. You, I, I, I will make you a, um, a seaman apprentice, seaman apprentice cap. And I have, by this time, achieved the exalted uh, stay, status of petty officer second class in the Navy, uh, like a sergeant. That's a sergeant in the Army. And you and me and Jimmy Carter and Walter Mondale are walking down the, um, you know, someplace. And there's a scrap of paper on the ground. And uh, Jimmy Carter says, uh, Seaman Apprentice Tap, pick up that scrap of paper. You will, of course, pick up the scrap of paper, right? Because the commander-in-chief gave you a direct order. Now, I could say to you, Seaman Apprentice Tap, pick up that scrap of paper. And I, as the senior member of the uniformed services uh, on, in view, could give you a lawful order to do that. Walter Mondale says, Seaman Apprentice Tap, pick up the uh, scrap of paper. And you'd be under no obligation to do so because the vice president has no standing in the chain of command, which goes from the president to the Secretary of Defense, to the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, and so on down the line. The Vice President has absolutely no authority to give any orders to anybody. The only job he has in the government is he is the President of the Senate. Whatever authority that gives him is the only authority the Vice President has. And, yeah. This is true. So <laughs> why why we have hey. the Biden-Harris administration is beyond me. That's just uh, something that occurred to me. And, and I well, managed to finish that out before we ran out of time. And, and it's those kind of insights is the reason why I enjoy having you come on this show and why I enjoy listening to your show. And I once again encourage everyone, if you're not already, uh, give Simple Facts of Life a good lesson. Lots of wisdom. Just like that, that's a tremendous gem, and that is an insight I haven't heard anybody else mention. So thank you, sir. And Chief, again, thank you for uh, coming on with me today. As always, I appreciate it, and we do need to uh, – at least I feel like it, I, and I hope that you'll agree to some point. We need to make it a more regular thing again because uh, it's always a lot of fun talking with you, sir. Thank you for being here. All right. No, my pleasure. It's good for my ego to be invited. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is, of course, the chief. Uh, he's the host of a show called Simple Facts of Life. And as Chief mentioned, there are links in the show description over here that will take you to both the show page and to his uh, blog, which he doesn't write often, but when he does write, it is always worth the read. Uh, in the meanwhile, that's going to have to be it for tonight. Thanks to everybody, including Bringing It Boy, who once again, fashionably late, but still made it to the party. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Uh, Bigfoot, uh, Chief's been hanging out for the whole two hours. Uh, Crazy Cajun popped out of here earlier. Thank you guys so much for being here, as always. And remember... Whatever else you take from tonight's program, whatever you heard me say, don't take my word for one little bit of it. You be prepared to put in some effort. Do your own research. Do your homework, please. And remember, you're going to have to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. And, uh, you know, guys, be smart out there, even 
if it goes against your nature. I'm out for now. I'll be back Friday night, uh, fingers crossed, and uh, uh, we'll dive into the weekend together. If you'll join me then, I hope you will. Uh, Have a great evening, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.